Welcome everyone to the third episode of Simo Speaks. Today, we'll be discussing Morocco versus Zambia. I want to start off by talking about the formations a little bit. Morocco lined up with a 4-2-3-1, while Zambia went with a 4-1-4-1. Typically, Morocco starts off with a 4-1-4-1, and during the game, deviates a little bit to that 4-2-3-1 shape. The game started off really slow. Morocco wasn't really taken seriously, asleep at the wheel a bit. But around the 20th minute mark, we see that that sustained and continued pressure by Zambia finally got to them. Morocco wakes up, starts performing on both the offensive and defensive end. After Morocco wakes up, we begin seeing much better setup play, specifically for Buffal, done by Unahi and the rest of the midfield. Buffal is now bringing it up on that left wing. Jinky Majinky, obviously, he, we know he's the Moroccan, Bengali, Brazilian. He has all the tricks in his bag. His arsenal is serious, but... Unfortunately, his decision-making is not. His decision-making is very unserious. It reminds me of a clip I saw on Sky Sports earlier this week of Pep describing KDB. It's something along the lines of there's things that you cannot coach in the final third, and it comes down to pure talent and decision-making. I think it's a great way to describe Kevin De Bruyne and other fantastic players, but on the opposite side of that, it's also important to look at how certain players have to be coached throughout everything. And I think Buffal, unfortunately, is one of those. Kevin, give us... Listen, for the way we play, I want to be honest with you. When the way we play is quite similar without him. But to win games, we need types of, of players like Kevin or, or, uh, or Erling Haaland. It's two different sides. So the way we play... I've had eight years together. Most of things, we know exactly what you have to do. We have players that play in the pockets. But... The vision, the quality, the, the final third, the see something special, that is not tactics, it's talent, individual. And Kevin, what can I say? Everybody knows him, you know, many years here, nine years here. So, I really like that quote because it, it, it speaks to how certain things can't be coached, right? Uh, the vision, you just have it or you don't. It's one of those things. Um, speaking of vision, Unahi. At the 23-minute mark, we see Morocco overloading on that attack with Unahi leading it. But unfortunately, it's a waste opportunity with more poor decision-making. It was great build-up and Unahi nutmegged the striker, who I have to give kudos to for coming back and defending. A few more wasted opportunities by Morocco, but around the 26th-minute mark, we see it's Morocco's time to defend. Zambia starts applying pressure. Morocco is a bad joint. Zambia starts applying pressure and Morocco starts setting up a defensive show even Simeone will get front row seats for. Morocco's holding their lines but setting offsides traps the whole time. Pretty much congestion. Congestion. Serious sickness. So then a few minutes later, Morocco wins a free kick. It's a Hakimi decoy, but it's actually taken by Ziyech. Those two have really good chemistry. I think in general, uh, one of the great attributes about this team is the chemistry. A lot of them are around the same age already. It's always nice when there's one common language being spoken. I know a lot of the other African teams have a much easier time with that. For example, Algeria, most of the team, I believe, communicates in French. It makes it easier to talk and to go back and forth. Opposite side of that, Egypt, right? Like stay in North Africa. Most of that team is talking in Arabic to each other. Morocco's in a tricky situation where some of the players natively are speaking French, a few are speaking Spanish, some are speaking Arabic, and for the Amazir, Reef, Berber ones, they have their own indigenous tongue that they're speaking. Communication and chemistry are important for any team. Speaking of chemistry, you gotta be thinking of Regregi's suspension. So Regregi initially was sentenced 
to a four match ban with two being lifted i believe to be served at a later date but as of recording this right now it looks like he only has to serve the one and the second suspension morocco against south africa is going to be lifted i think it's sad that this even needed to happen in terms of Regregi approaching um, Chancel Mbemba after the game. I, I don't think you should be provoking other players after the game is already played. Who cares if they're coming up to you and goading you into it? I think as a manager, you should be a little bit more emotionally mature. And that's something I'm going to talk about later when it comes to this team. I think this team really lacks emotional maturity, emotional intelligence. Circling back to the game, though, I do want to speak a bit about the momentum Morocco had leading up post the free kick into the goal being scored. It was really about Morocco capitalizing on good luck and Ziyech having good nerves, ice cold, to strike that ball properly. It spilled and rebounded off the keeper, and most bums could tap that in, but you never know sometimes. I'm happy that Ziyech was able to score that goal. I think it's good confidence going into the round of 16. That goal was scored at the 37th minute mark, and just a few more Buffal dribbles and nothing of extreme significance happened, in my opinion, afterwards. It was like that for the rest of the half and the beginning of the next one, but at the 62nd minute mark, we see something indicative of Morocco's attitude over the years begin to happen. The classic Moroccan head loss. Typically, we see this done in games against Egypt, Algeria, Ghana, Cameroon, and sometimes later on in any tournament. But we saw it happen this game, and we saw it happen at the end of last game. Lucky for Morocco and their fans, there was great mental fortitude about 7 minutes later, around the 69th minute mark. Morocco began slowing down the tempo and applying death by a thousand passes against Zambia. That allowed the game to be a bit more managed and set up great build-up play for an opportunity that came just a bit short for the Chinese NFT, Ayub al -Kabi. That cross was set up by Amir Richardson. Amir's had a great tournament for Morocco at only 22. His full name is actually Michael Amir Jr. Richardson, and he's the son of Michael Ray Richardson. Michael Ray Richardson was an American former NBA player and the number four overall pick in the 1978 NBA draft. He played in the league for eight years with the Knicks, Golden State Warriors, and New Jersey Nets. Four-time NBA All-Star and led the league in steals in three seasons. I'm sorry to bring it up, just wanted to mention, son of an athlete, doesn't matter, because this is a John Wall zone. Unlike John Wall, who was great at getting calls at the rim, taking two free throws, making them, and allowing the Wizards to be plus 500, Hakimi tries it, diving simulation, gets booked at the 80th minute mark, gets a yellow. Few minutes later, a weak Unahi attempt prompts his subbing. Bilal Khanous comes on for him. Now, Bilal is suffering from what we call the Simo Speaks Complex. I mentioned him on episode one, and now Atletico Madrid is looking at him. This is potentially groundbreaking for the show because I deserve the credit. Once Bilal comes on, we see much less game management and the tempo and intensity ramped up to 100. Throughout the last 15 minutes of the game, it was some of the best football being played throughout the whole 90. At the 84th minute mark, there's a great passage of play by Morocco, breaking lines and running at defenders. Young guys running at D is great. Ridiculous pace, but poor finish by Tarek Tisudeli. At the 86th minute mark, it was clear that Zambia wanted the game more. Emmanuel Banda, who was Zambia's best player today in my opinion, had a fantastic shot and was a good chance set up after a deceptive play by Kangawa. A minute later, a great clearance by Amir Richardson showed that he had the nerves for a last-minute high-intensity press by Zambia. Off the momentum from that clearance, 
Morocco tries the same play from a few minutes ago, but this time there was great recovery by Zambia to cut the play short. There was a high-pressure opportunity by El Zilzuli that was unfortunately wasted, but over time, he needs to be able to develop those nerves of steel and eat on the wings. He needs to be a player that Pep was talking about, one that doesn't need to be coached in the final third, one that has the talent and the vision to see it through himself. Unfortunately, it was a poor game by Tariq Tisudeli. I want him to succeed so badly because he looks like an uncle of mine, but Amrabat looks like me, so I want him to succeed even more. Sofian Amrabat was awarded the man of the match, but most commentators credited the win to Unahi or Ziyech. Sovascore has Hakimi with the highest ranking out of both teams, awarding him an 8.2. I think the best player was Amrabat because he's the boldest on the team. Overall, the game was way too tense for my liking, and it doesn't develop confidence that we can't comfortably put away the quote-unquote small teams. These commentators love talking about the FIFA rankings worldwide, where Morocco stands. It does not matter. This is AFCON. It's about who wants it more. It has nothing to do with rankings. It has everything to do with development internationally as well as development domestically. We see Morocco hasn't had success in close to 50 years. This isn't a, a tournament that everyone is comfortable with. Ultimately, Morocco needs to be acting its FIFA rank and not its IMF rank. Economic and global development does not matter if you are not winning the AFCON tournament. It's been close to 50 years, like I mentioned before. What does it matter about the GDP going up, about the cost of living going down? These are things we need to focus on. We need to win. The next game is Morocco versus South Africa, who will then be playing the winner of the Cape Verde and Mauritania game. If Mauritania wins, I'd keep an eye out for that, not because of results or performance, but because of the international banter online later. On the other side of the bracket, we have Angola and Namibia facing off, as well as Nigeria versus Cameroon. On the opposite side of this whole bracket is Equatorial Guinea versus Guinea. Egypt is playing against DRC, Senegal against Ivory Coast, and lastly, Mali versus Burkina Faso. Performance-wise, I'd keep an eye out for Nigeria versus Cameroon, Mali versus Burkina Faso, and Senegal versus Ivory Coast or Cote d'Ivoire. Tension is going to be high, and these are going to be high-pressure games. A win against South Africa is possible, but Morocco needs to get serious. When I say they need to get serious, I mean Morocco, in my eyes, is one of the teams that lacks emotional intelligence and maturity, and I think that's a symptom of not winning often, not having OGs or having those veterans on your team who are going to be teaching you different things to, to game manage, teaching you how to get under the other player's skin as opposed to letting them get under yours. Morocco is such a young team that doesn't have players that have necessarily won at the highest level with their respective clubs. I don't know if you can continuously rely on Ashraf Hakimi, who is playing in League One week in and week out. And with no disrespect to League One, I don't necessarily know if it's the intensity that a player like Mohamed Salah is facing with Liverpool, who most years is playing in multiple tournaments at once and winning them. And while we're on the topic of Mohamed Salah, I think DR Congo versus Egypt is a great game to look at with all eyes on that terrorist Mo Salah. Is he rehabbing in Liverpool or is he rehabbing with the team? We'll see. We support all Mohammeds here at Simo Speaks, but we support the ones that go by Mohammed more, such as Mohammed Kudus and Mohammed 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 Abu Trika. Unfortunately, Mo Salah and Simo are disqualified. My own thoughts on Morocco are, I can't see them going past this round of 16, partially due to mentality and lack of creativity in the final third. Pep's word is not gospel, anything can happen, this is AFCON, and not to say that Moroccan players aren't creative, 
but the ones that really are don't have the physical capabilities to act on it regularly. Thank you for listening to Simo Speaks, and I hope all of this is just a reverse jinx.